Motorsport 411 presents the 2021 Safari Rally. Motorsport 411 with Sean Cardavillis. Welcome to the very first episode of Motorsport 411, your home for all your four and two wheel action in Africa. This is a special series on the 2021 Safari Rally where we will showcase the latest and the very best of this jewel in the crown of global rallying. The great Kenyan experience in Africa, arguably the toughest rally in the world. Coming up in this episode. There's a lot of protocols that have to be improved, like COVID protocols, because Appendix S of the FIA is quite a strict appendix. It's a phenomenal thing having the WRC back in Africa, African soils. So, um, you know, we couldn't miss opportunity, you know, being South African, being uh, African, you know, we've got to we've got to support uh, the, the local rallies. We will be speaking to the vice president of the FIA, Mr. Sarinda Tathi, and four-time consecutive South Africa rally champion Guy Botterill, who's making his debut rallying in Kenya, focusing on the Safari Rally. The 2021 Safari Rally with Motorsport 411. Now the 2021 FIA Africa Rally Championship Equator Rally was held in Naivasha recently and I got to speak to the FIA Vice President Surinder Tathi and I asked him how is Kenya prepared for the Safari Rally in June? Like uh, we mentioned, uh, it's at about 50% at the moment. There's a lot of uh, protocols that have to be uh, improved like COVID protocols, because Appendix S of the FIA is quite a strict appendix, and the FIA will be very, very closely monitoring COVID protocols during the WRC event. So on that side, and the other side is improvement of the route that we need to do, and the experts from Portugal and England are going to drive all the route to see where people were cutting the corners, and two is uh, which part of the route has deteriorated and needs improvement. The route's a little bit rougher than a normal WRC rally. Uh, the FIA would like us to keep that, which is a good thing for us, so we don't have to do too much work. But certainly definition of non-cutting of corners is a very important aspect because uh, WRC drivers do cut corners. In terms of preparation for the route, um, th there's a lot of grading and stuff that needs to be done. No, it's not grading because we're not uh, going to make it smoother, but it's actually defining the corner so that uh, a driver knows that he's not allowed to cut the corner. Now in Europe, they put a little concrete block with a yellow or an orange post in it to uh, uh, which the driver has to go around. And if he hits the concrete block, it does a lot of damage. Now, Africa, we didn't want to do that. We didn't want, environmentally, it doesn't sound fantastic. So what we want to do is we want to plant some rocks on the corner, cover them with marum, and let grass grow over them. And so that actually works in the same way and defines the corner a little better. So that's the kind of stuff we want to do. Unfortunately, and with all the excitement of the Safari Rally returning for the first time since 2002, uh, it had to be cancelled due to the COVID pandemic. Uh, do you think we would have been ready uh, in terms of WRC standards for the Safari Rally last year? Uh, we are very lucky that COVID pandemic has actually uh, given us breathing space of a year because in 2020 we would not have been completely ready. We would have fumbled through the event. 
uh, this gives us a chance to be better. How much work needs to be done uh, between now and June? Uh, do we have enough time to do that? Work around the service park, etc., which we're learning a lot this time, can be done. Uh, the presidential pavilion doesn't look anywhere near finished. That I'm not sure about, but uh, CEO, you know, advises us that that will be finished. Uh, the presidential pavilion is not uh, anything to do with the running of the rally, so uh, that doesn't interest us, the sporting side people. Uh, what we are also uh, keen to do is to make sure uh, we want to do some improvements to uh, traffic, the flow of traffic in Naivasha town. Because, you know, we as uh, the Equator Rally are passing through the town twice. But during the WRC Safari Rally, they will be passing through the town four times. So certainly uh, there's a little bit of work to be done there with the police. And also that bridge being broken yeah. and the diversion around it is a bother. We, we, we hope that that bridge can be finished and that we're going to try to put pressure on the government to do. Surinder, uh, just back to the route, you're talking about cutting of corners, but as we've seen uh, during this rally, uh, there is a lot of, uh, the, the route can be quite narrow in places. Um, is there a concern from the manufacturers in terms of, we see all the aerodynamic bits on the cars as well, and there's been uh, talk about the route being widened slightly uh, to accommodate these cars? Uh, yeah, the bushes will be cut on the sides a little bit, but not much wider than it is now. Uh, there are certain uh, the definition of the road does not widen the road it just leaves it the way it is because the FIA would like us to leave it the way it is so that the safari has the flavor that it's always had of uh, being something that you cannot go flat out on and the fastest man is never the winner of the safari and we know that from the past Shekhametha, Bjorn Waldegard, Juginder Singh were never the fastest but yet they were the winners. Uh, just speaking of drivers, uh, today's modern drivers, we've seen the speeds of these cars. Uh, the speeds have gone up year by year. But uh, with the Safari Rally, they're going to have to change their strategy. Yes, definitely. Definitely. You cannot go flat out on this event. Uh, the person who conserves his car will definitely do well. So uh, certainly uh, it's not the fastest person that wins this event. We've known from the past uh, how local drivers are able to get access to foreign equipment even cars uh, you know pre-2002 times have changed now uh, we unfortunately our local drivers even with the technology they've got with r5 cars have virtually no chance of winning the event um, what what how do you see the scenario in the future in terms of uh, the local talent being able to challenge you know for for victory uh, in the future apart from getting into the factory team so what, what avenues are there for them uh, the avenues are only in Rally 2, which is the former R5. Uh, certainly World Rally cars, you know, when you enter the World Rally Championship, you contract your drivers and you enter with the names of the drivers. So they are the drivers that are obliged to drive the World Rally cars. World Rally cars are not sold to the public. There's only one person who has a former World Rally car, which is two years old, is Bartelli, who is the owner of Prada in Italy. And uh, Batelli drives a World Rally car, but that Rally car is uh, World Rally car is not the latest; it's uh, two-year-old spec. So certainly, our local drivers getting a World Rally car is out of the question yeah. these days. Uh, times are different. Certainly, uh, the level of our local drivers compared to the current crop of international top drivers, uh, they, they certainly lack the speed that uh, those guys can achieve.
So certainly uh, local drivers only have the R5 Avenue. Finally, Surinder, and of course we really appreciate your time. Um, Hell's Gate, uh, it's been a bone of contention, uh, particularly with environmentalists. It's going to be the stage for the power stage uh, of the rally, which is going to be live broadcasted, uh, not just on WRC+, Plus, but to many, many TV stations around the world. Uh, what's your message for the public who may think that we're encroaching now uh, sensitive environmental areas? Uh, you know, the, um, the only environmental uh, reason that uh, was brought up by some of the environmentalists was the a vulture's breeding site and that vulture's breeding site to the closest part of the route is seven and a half kilometers away so i don't see uh, that being an issue seven and a half kilometers is so far away that there won't be any noise or any uh, disruption to the vultures in that area uh, all the area of the rally uh, the power stage which is 10 kilometers is towards the uh, new uh, unit 5 that has been built by kenjan and that side of stuff uh, has no uh, environmental issues. There's hardly any animals. There's more animals in Kidong, in fact, than in uh, the Hell's Gate National Park. So I don't see a problem there. And, you know, th those are the parts that people cycle in and walk in. So certainly there's no dangerous animals. There's only zebras and uh, antelopes. And even those are very scarce. You hardly see them. So I don't see an environmental issue. The 2021 Safari Rally with Motorsport 411. So that's the FIA Vice President Surinder Tathi speaking to us at the Equator Rally in Naivasha. We'll be back in just a moment. Motorsport 411. In our Safari Rally flashback, here's 2006 winner Azar Anwar. The Safari Rally that has stuck in the public psyche is... And so many people come up to me and say they remember as children in the middle of the night they would walk in the rain and through the forest and wherever to get to a road where the rally cars were passing and they would stay there all night or from the school all of them would go out onto the road. It would be a holiday that day that the, the, the rally cars are passing uh, in, their, in their area. Uh, that is what the safari rally meant to, to Kenyans uh, and it used to be all over Kenya. Uh, people used to follow it uh, at KICC in the newspapers, marking car number this has reached this control with so many points, so many points, so many points. It was like Kenya came to a stop and followed the safari rally in those days. That's what the safari rally used to be and that's what I would like it to be again. Our first safari finish, 1981. I could write a whole book on it and still not cover everything that happened even before the flag dropped, the challenges we went through to get to the start of the rally. Having a very old car, having no spare parts, having no money for tires, we used retread tires. Even our service cars were so unreliable, we didn't even have proper communication with them. We didn't know whether we would find them along the way. But the spirit of the safari was such that there was no question of how are we going to do it? Let's just go. And uh, in those days, you were allowed to get help from anyone. There was no limitation. So the public would be so helpful. I remember one time we were going up, climbing up the Mao escarpment, going towards Mauna Rock from Elmantaita. And suddenly I noticed the oil pressure dropping and luckily I stopped, switched off the car in time. To go out and to look, I was shocked. My oil filter had burst and I'm in the safari rally. Would you believe one of the spectators zoomed up there with his Datsun 
told me, take out this filter from my car. Will it work for you? Put it on your car. Go. So within about, I think, uh, 20 minutes, we were in action again, back up. Luckily, I was carrying oil in the car. And that was 2006 Safari Rally winner Azar Anwar speaking on the Safari Rally flashback. The 2021 Safari Rally with Sean Cardavillis. So welcome back to Motorsport 411 and we're concentrating on the 2021 WRC Safari Rally. Now at the Equator Rally I got to speak to South African driver Guy Botterill and asked him to explain a little bit about himself. I started racing in karting. I was eight years old and uh, went through the ranks in karting and uh, had a full career in uh, track racing. And about, uh, I think it was 11 years ago, we decided to go to rally um, and we got a 1600 front wheel drive car and just went through the ranks and uh, we've had quite a successful career in South Africa. And then about three years ago, we started venturing out into Zambia. Uh, that's where Wildcat uh, approached us and said we need to come and race in Zambia, which was a huge privilege for us and we learned a lot. Um, and then the Safari Rally got announced uh, last year. We were meant to do the Safari Rally and, uh, you know, normally we do the ALC in South Africa and the ALC in Zambia and uh, we had earmarked the Safari. So we thought, you know, why don't we have a go at the full African Rally Championship, um, you know, and include the Safari. So unfortunately, last year, COVID got in the way of all our plans. So we just brought all our plans forward to this year. So uh, we're just following on from where we were last year. Um, you know, we managed to uh, score maximum points in Ivory Coast. That was a, a very interesting race for us. The car never arrived in time and we had to make a plan. And then this year we've uh, done quite a lot of racing already. Um, I got a, a call, quite a privileged call to drive the Dakar Hilux Bucky. I uh, did two events. The first event I came second and the second event we were leading. We had a, a five minute lead and uh, unfortunately we got lost for 14 minutes and ended, ended up coming uh, fourth overall but second in class. So um, great experience for us. and. Uh, that's put us under a lot of pressure. We're doing a lot of racing this year. Um, this truck left two months ago from South Africa to get to Kenya. Um, you know, great effort to get the truck here, especially with all the borders with COVID and uh, transporting uh, all the tires and fuel to get everything through the borders is not easy. But uh, here we are, we're ready to race. We've just done a shakedown um, about 30, 40 Ks from Rally HQ. It's a phenomenal thing having the WRC back, back in Africa, African soils. So, um, you know, we couldn't miss opportunity, you know, being South African, being uh, uh, African, um, you know, we've got to, we've got to support uh, the, the local rally. So uh, we're here basically learning for the WRC. We've got our full team here. We've got the car. This car is going to stay here. The truck's going to stay here. Um, so after this event, it's going to be preparation for the WRC. And uh, we'll try luck at the WRC. I'll see how that goes. The car wasn't started for literally two months or so. Um You've already noticed that probably a number of settings need to be changed. Uh, you're rallying at altitude here. Yes, so uh, I didn't realize how high we were. Um, you know, like I said, the truck's been uh, on the road for two months and the car's been standing for two months. Uh, we got one or two small issues, nothing that, uh, you know, we got all the spares uh, to fix everything, small things, but uh, it's very important to do those uh, small runs just before the event to make sure everything's running. So I think I think we're in a good position. Um, the car is very reliable. We've had uh, great success with it in South Africa um, and we just need to learn as much as we can uh, I've been watching a lot of footage of the safari, although this is a modern day safari. 
But uh, I, th- I think these roads uh, require a lot of respect. Um, you know, we're up against some huge competition, guys that know the roads, guys that know the equipment. So, uh, yeah, we're up to a big challenge, but uh, we're certainly going to give it a full go. How important is it that the World Rally Championship is in Africa? Um, I remember when Phineas Kimati, who's the CEO of the WRC project here, when he announced when he was when he became chairman in 2015, he said, I want the WRC back in Kenya. People almost laughed at him. They didn't think it was possible. Um, we understand that uh, people from uh, Motorsport South Africa gave their backing to Kenya for them to apply for the World Rally Championship. It's here now. Uh, from your point of view as a South African uh, rallying here in Kenya, uh, how significant is it for you? I think it's a huge success. Um, you know, I've been involved uh, on a small scale with organizing events and how difficult it is. And I can only imagine what's gone on behind the scenes to get to where we are now, especially in the times that we're in with COVID. Uh, it must have been a huge ask and a huge amount of effort and work. So, you know, all respect to the guys that have pulled this off. Um, I think it's it's vitally important for motorsport in Africa. Uh, everyone's talking about it. When we landed at the airport, the guys saw our caps and they said, "Oh, you have for the safari?" And I said, "No, it's not now. This is the this is the dress rehearsal for the safari." And you know, the guys are wishing us good luck. So, you know, it's it's quite uh, special that random public in the airport know about it, identify it. So I, I think it's a, it's a great uh, boost for motorsport, not only rally, uh, motorsport in general um, will benefit from this uh, immensely. It'll be great for Kenya, it'll be great for Africa, uh, just to showcase, you know, Africa to the world and uh, it's very important. Um, so there'll be a huge amount of spin-off from, from rallying from Kenya and it'll just overflow into Africa. So it's very important that we here um, as, as a team, uh, Wildcat Racing, Toyota Gazoo Racing, and, and uh, Pembe, um, you know, we, we're striving to be uh, one of the best teams in Africa. That's our goal. And uh, to be one of the best, you have to race against the best. We're going to give it a full go. Uh, speaking of Toyota Gazoo Racing, um, of course, huge in South Africa because of the cross-country series. Uh, you were mentioning about taking part in a couple of events uh, over there. Uh, I can see you got backing from them. Uh, can you explain a bit about the backing, uh, how difficult it was to get sponsors as well uh, because you're doing the ARC? Uh, how tricky is it? Uh, we know that the economy is also it's very tough in South Africa. Yes, um, you know, I've been quite fortunate. Uh, Toyota Gazoo have been with me for many years and, uh, and I often say uh, it's easy to get a sponsor for one event. It's difficult to keep a sponsor for many years. So uh, we've got a very good relationship with all, all of our sponsors uh, and uh, Toyota Gazoo have been a huge part in, uh, in taking part in allowing us to do all these events. Uh, when the safari got announced uh, that they were coming into Africa, I had a meeting with uh, Toyota South Africa and I said to them, guys, we've got Wildcat Racing in Zambia, we've got Toyota Gazoo in South Africa, let's join forces and let's go and take on Africa. And uh, took a bit of persuasion. Uh, we got a film crew here, a TV crew to try and get the exposure back to South Africa because um, that's where the Toyota money is coming. So, uh, you know, we we always uh, trying to improve, trying to give our sponsors more coverage. Uh, and, and at the end of the day, that's what motorsport is about. It's about sponsorship. It's about relationship and uh, giving our sponsors the mileage so they can justify the money that they're giving us. In terms of competition, uh, how much do you know about our drivers, uh, the Kenyan drivers, and uh, your, your thoughts on them? 
Um, I've come across him a few times, uh, two years ago in the uh, Zambian ALC, uh, I came across, across them and then uh, I've had a few run-ins with them in South Africa when they come to the South African Championship League. Um, they've always been very good, uh, they've always, uh, I remember racing against Manvir a few times, uh, very, very professional, uh, got all the right equipment, uh, very fast. And, you know, they, they just come with the whole package. I mean, Kibo Sugar last or two years ago when they were in Zambia, very, very professional outfit. Uh, everything just ran like clockwork. Um, so it's going to be a very difficult ask. So I, I only know the Kibo Sugar guys, Manvia, who unfortunately is not racing, and uh, Cole Tundo. Um, so very, very fast drivers. I think Cole in an R5 is going to be something special. And uh, I'm really glad he's in it because uh, I think he's needed a vehicle like that for a while. Um, and, I, and I think it's good for the sport to see see how he goes in, in a car like that. Uh, I, I think, uh, honestly speaking, he'll be one of the guys to beat. And then uh, the other six R5s are all there to win. So, um, you know, for us to just sneak on the podium with our car would be amazing. But uh, you never know what happens. Uh, we... We're going to try and do everything that we can the best and, uh, you know, let the best man win. Do you guys have any plans? Uh, obviously, you're with the R4 for the Safari Rally, but in the future to upgrade to an R5. So we're busy building a very special car at the moment. Uh, it is a car for Africa. Uh, it's going to have a 2-litre turbo engine in it. It's going to have the same power to weight, weight ratio as an R5. Uh, and that, we feel, will be the answer to rallying in Africa. Uh, the R5s are beautiful machines, just like our R4. But unfortunately, with the economy that we're in, the currencies that we're all trying to work against in Europe, um, so we're building a locally built car. When I say locally built, it's going to be manufactured in South Africa. And our whole idea is to manufacture a car in South Africa for Africa, for African competitors, for African economies, and for uh, the reliability that we need in Africa and the temperatures and the terrain. So um, that car will only be ready at the end of this year. Uh, it'll, it'll probably only race first race next year. But uh, very exciting. Um, we've done quite a lot of work on it, but uh, the building's only really going to start next month for that car. But it's a long build and we're only going to release it once it's ready. Uh, so I, I really think uh, a car that's got R5 power to weight ratio, R4 suspension and reliability, I, th I really believe um, that's going to be an answer to African rallying. Finally, uh, rallying in South Africa, it's been going through tough times for a number of years now, uh, particularly when it comes to funding. We've been hearing about Motorsport South Africa, uh, uh, not quite sure what your rallying body is on that side, but I understand there's been a lot of issues with finance and all that. In fact, I think it was last year or the year before when there wasn't going to be a rally South Africa. Uh, well, what's the situation there? And in terms of competition, how is it uh, compared to, say, rallying here in Kenya that you would know of in, in terms of the quality of the cars and the competition? So rallying in South Africa uh, historically has been pretty good. Uh, we had S2000s at one stage. We had the world's biggest class of S2000s, uh, which was amazing. Uh, that was just as I was starting to enter into rallying. I think at one stage we nearly had 30 S2000s on the line from uh, full-blown factory teams to privateers. Uh, that was a real spectacle. I think everyone looked at South Africa and marveled at, at what they've done. And then, uh, unfortunately, um, sponsors pulled out, uh, business uh, in South Africa changed, uh, and the whole direction of rally changed dramatically. 
and it went through a, a very bad patch uh, and we've gone through a whole new committee the new committee unfortunately hasn't been able to show what they've done because last year was their first year and we had COVID and it was really difficult times and we when I say we the, the rally committee in South Africa pulled off some amazing events um, we had some uh, world-class events in very difficult times uh, and that just shows the dedication to the guys that are behind rally at the moment I think with these new cars that we're building with uh, our R4 with uh, rally techniques and uh, everyone pushing as hard as they are, um, there's only one way rally is going to go and it's going to go up. Um, with regards to competition, although, although we got down to fairly small numbers, it was still the cream of the crop that was racing. So, um, you know, when we, when we had a rally, we only had 20 or 25 entries, but to still win the race was very, very difficult because... Uh, it was quite strange. We didn't lose the top guys. We lost the the guys mid pack to back. Mm -hmm. um, so the numbers weren't there, but the competition was still incredibly fierce. So I think that's been quite good for us. So we've been racing at a very high level, a very high intensity level, uh, with a lot of pressure on everybody from the service crew to the drivers to the workshop mechanics. So um, you know, I think that's uh, been a part of a lot of our success is working at that high level. Although the numbers haven't been there, it's still very very difficult to win. So, uh, yeah, I think rallying in South Africa is most certainly, we've got to get through this COVID time, we've got to get through this, like, no one's quite sure, we can't get spectators, all that sort of stuff. But once we're through from there, I think uh, rallying in South Africa is going to benefit and do very well. That's South African driver Guy Botterill speaking to us at the ARC Equator Rally. And the latest news is that the South African crew have pulled out of the WRC Safari Rally. Motorsport 411. So that's the latest on the 2021 WRC Safari Rally with Motorsports 411. So thanks very much to Big City Limited. This program was recorded at Big City Studios. We'll be back next week. I'm Sean Carter-Villas.